me let me do my my you know my pre my pre-show warm-up my me 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 ma moo ma it's theater darling theater red lorry yellow lorry red lorry yellow lorry red lorry yellow lorry <laughs> crack out those tongue twisters to be honest we probably should do a warm-up for the podcast because we talk for so long a vocal warm-up is probably something we should start doing yeah that's not a bad idea actually um yeah we'll work on that for future times <laughs> okay roll credits ladies and gentlemen please turn off your mobile phones take your seats and welcome to the stage your hosts for the Inverus podcast, Callum and Claire. Greetings! <laughs> it is us! The Inverus podcast! No, no, darling, this week we're thespian. Oh, sorry, darling, sorry. Fuck's <laughs> sakes, I quit. <laughs> this week we're talking about theatre. And drama. What? Yep. That's what we're talking about. Uh, oh, and this week wait. we are drinking Carnivore Cabernet Sauvignon. If people cast their minds back to the other random red wine that we drank, this was the wine we were supposed to be drinking. Yeah, but... Uh, it finally arrived in the mail for me. Callum lives so remotely that the mail is slower for him than it is for me. Um... But yeah, so, yes, Carnivore Cabernet Sauvignon, which means I finally, finally get to use that Berniston joke that I love so much. So, uh, <laughs> what are you drinking? Cabernet Sauvignon. I'll be having Cabernet made of your shite. <laughs> which is my favourite. It will always be my favourite. Right, first sip time. Oh, ooh, ooh. I like that. Mm. That's like fruity. But dry I would, I would at the same describe time. Describe that as an in-betweeny. Yeah, it's not. It's not too dry. Yeah, it's not super smooth, and it's not super like. Bleh. It's um, mm. it's it's in betweeny. Yeah, like it's it. dry without being like too dry, and it's fruity. It's got a sweetness to it. It's, it's nice. Um, the only thing is with carnivore wine is that they're supposed to be drank with like meat. And I don't have any meat here. Oh, so, man, if you give me 20 minutes, I can go cook up. No, 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 it's all right. <laughs> oh, not for you. <laughs> I want some. Well, I mean, you wouldn't be able to get it to me in 20 minutes. It'd be cold by the time I got mm. it to you. I don't know what the, the protocol for reheating um, meat, cooked meat in depends the Depends on what kind of meat it is. And it depends on whether it was, like, refrigerated. Like, I once bought a cheesecake uh, online and it arrived uh, in dry ice. Like, not touching the cheesecake, but it was in, like, this um, polystyrene box. It was in a box in a polystyrene box, and the polystyrene box was surrounded by packets of dry ice. You get that with, like, um, broccoli and things like that, if you're, like, buying them wholesale and they get delivered overseas. They just, like, pack up, like, with, with ice and dry ice and various other cooling things. Can I just say... Well done, us, because I think that is the quickest that we have ever gone off topic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're going to be talking about theatre and then we get into a conversation about food being packed with dry ice. Speaking of dry ice, <laughs> um, that's where we would 
talk about a time where dry ice machines in a theatre performance would um, cause havoc. I've never been in a theatre performance that's involved dry ice, so oh. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I think we did in one of our school productions. Um, they had like a wee handheld dry ice machine thing. It wasn't a fogger because the it actually sat on, it sat and flooded the stage like dry ice would. So I assume it was a dry ice machine. But like when you kicked it, it like thingied up in the air, and we did had so much of it that my eyes hurt. That's my story. Okay, I've never heard of that. Like I was in Pace, so that's Pace Youth Theatre in Paisley, which I think is the largest youth theatre in Scotland. And I think I've mentioned it in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we actually just did a smoke machine. We we didn't have other means of smoke, but I don't think they used it that often. Um. But yeah, speaking of pace, I think we should just sort of maybe talk about our first experiences doing like theatre or, or drama or in a show. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, that <laughs> um, goes back to primary one. Oh, wow. And the nativity play. Oh, heck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the nativity play in P1 in the first school I went to, which was St. Anthony's Primary School in Spatestone, uh, which is basically just a part of Johnston. I'd need to look it up. Either way. Um, and we did a lot more shows in that school from what I remember. Obviously, I was like five. You start primary school when you're five. So my memories of it are really vague and foggy. But um, from what my mother has told me, I was cast as a child. I was a child, but there were 10 uh, parts called child in this play. No lines, <laughs> not a single line, right? Uh, so you had Mary and Joseph, you had the shepherds, the angels, the uh, star in the sky, uh, the three wise men, and they all had speaking parts. And then you had like other ones that didn't have speaking parts. And that was like what I was. Uh, I was child. Uh, And we had this one song that went, there were one, there were two, there were three little children, there were four, there were, yeah, you get the idea. Um, And I think I was like child number two. Um, And we had to come in to the theatre from the back, down the aisle, between the two big long rows of parents, holding hands and skipping. Um, And from what my mum says, none of the other children involved were at all enthused by what was happening and I was giving it my all like waving my arm the poor boy next to me probably didn't know what happened <laughs> singing my heart out this is my big moment um I can see it I can yeah. actually see it and I think that's probably when my mom realized that you know I, I liked to perform oh god I, I have a that. theater kid oh yeah <laughs> Um, my first sort of kind of experiences in that regard were probably actually the same in primary school, um, doing like the Christmas show. Um, and I, the only memory I have of it was a few. We had a, it was a Christmas show about Christmas at wartime. And uh, that's depressing. Oh, it's really depressing. We had uh, one song was Run Rudolph. Just run, Rudolph, run, Rudolph, run, run, run. <laughs> and then something about flying away from guns and various other things like that. That's awful. It was horrific. 
Um, but that sounds like something your dad would come <laughs> up with. Do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised oh. if at the PTA, like he just like, do you know what? Wartime Christmas. <laughs> um, I think I think we should get your dad to write a Christmas musical. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and uh, he doesn't need to be in it. He can if he wants, but he should write a Christmas musical. And me and you and Neve and anybody else who's like willing to be in this monstrosity can join in. I think that would be a really good idea. That's fantastic. It would be terrible, but great. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing I actually remember, other than, you know, the horrific wartime-ness of it and the fact that I didn't get a speaking part or a solo singing part, is that a family friend of ours was supposed to film it and like film me, zoom in on me a wee bit. Um, just for the, the home videos. Mm-hmm. And um, after the show, he was like, ah, I caught you picking your nose. And I was like, I wasn't <laughs> picking my nose. Like, I got it on video. Got it on video. Oh my God. The, he filmed some random kid for the whole thing. <laughs> oh and I was like, no. that, that's not me. And he was like, yeah, it is. oh, wait, no, no, it's not. It- and then he like zoomed out and I was like, no, that's me right at the back over there. He zoomed in some kid sitting in the front picking his nose. Wonderful. Oh, it was amazing. To be fair, little kids on stage, you always catch at least one of them picking their nose. Oh yeah, um, definitely. I obviously like my kid, um, he's eight now. Uh so he's done a couple of nativities. Uh he's been in it three times because you do P1, P2, P3. Uh, at least in his school you do and he was a shepherd the first year I think and then the second year he was a a shepherd again I think um and then the third year he was like a narrator because the older kids do the narration of the the um nativity because oh, they can string a sentence together yeah yeah, um, and he's really good at that. So, like, the third year we went, like, he had the first line in the whole show, and normally that's a bit, you know, intimidating, yeah. but he just did it. Uh, and he's so clear and so concise. Uh, and he was also the backup for narrators that forgot their lines. So he was told, like, oh, you know, if some kid forgets what it is they're meant to be saying, and it takes a little long and there's a silence, just say what they were about to say. That's brilliant. Um, because, well, he has such a knack for learning mm-hmm. lines. Like, he he knew his lines. Like I was like, let's let's practice lines. He's like, I know it already. So we went through it, and he just knew them. I was like, how do you know this? Like I haven't even seen this yet. You got this today, and you know all your lines. He's like, yeah yeah yeah. Um, so he's really good at that. But uh, the point of this story, which I'm getting to now, is that uh, we got the school doesn't allow people to film it themselves. They have a professional camera person come in and film the whole thing, and then you can get a DVD of it. So. We sat down and we're like, let's watch the DVD. Him as a shepherd standing on the stage. Uh, and you know how when you get really strong lights? This was filmed in a gym hall. Uh, and it was quite dusty. <laughs> so the spotlight's on him. He's doing his wee shepherd bit. And there's all this dust in the air. And the next kid starts talking. And then he just starts swiping at the air. <laughs> Like, it just looks like he's swiping at nothing. There's obviously, like, there's dust and he can see it. He's, like, trying to grab it. Like, like some... Like, okay, you are on the stage, son. But, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. 
I'm glad I have that one video because it's yeah, it just makes me laugh. It's great. It's really funny um, to think, you know, you get all these like videos of like, you know, your kids' performances and various other things, and then you've got to think, you know, all these other kids are gonna look back on this as well one day, like, I was the kid who was swiping the air. Oh my god! Ah, mom, <laughs> stop <laughs> showing it to people. Ah. See, I'm not like that with my childhood stuff. I just laugh at myself. There's a, a video. It was in black and white. We had a black and white camcorder one year for Christmas. And it was a Christmas that you you guys were down. I think you had Christmas at Grand's house. I don't know. But um, it was around Christmas time. And it was probably that, you know, that lost time between Christmas and New Year where you don't know what's happening or what day mm -hmm. it is. Because um, we got this camcorder for, for Christmas. Uh, and there's a bunch of videos we made on that. Um, and the ones around Christmas time have you in them. Um, and I think we're all lined up to do something. Uh, yeah, 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 you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And like Matthew, <laughs> one of my younger brothers, keeps trying to lean on you. And like annoy you and stuff. So you let him lean on you. And then you just step to the side. And he falls. And he starts crying and all hell breaks loose. And while that's going on, like, you're just standing there innocently because you had such a little innocent face, Oh, man, Callum. I could get away with you were murder a as a child. <laughs> oh, you were just this little cherub. You're so you're cute. Such a, like, um, if, you, if you imagine a it, choir boy and then make them more innocent, that's what I look like as a child. We know better now. But uh, in the chaos... Probably in keeping with who I am as a person. Um, you know, my mum puts the camera down on the couch and it's sideways. Uh, while she goes to sort out, she doesn't bother stopping the recording. <laughs> uh, and all you see is my face. Like, just my face in front of the camera, smiling and, like, posing and, like, I don't know. Just being like, oh, it's me. Oh, this camera was made to film me. Oh, <laughs> like, just absolutely, I don't know, have to be on film, must be the center of attention. Um, and it's just so funny. Um, and then all you hear is like, mom going, get away from that. Brilliant. <laughs> like, Utterly brilliant. The film stops. Are there still uh, co are there yeah. copies of it, or is it is that lost to the, the um, realms of time? I think Christopher, my older brother, he could maybe make copies if he could find those tapes, because there's even older tapes mm. uh, of like us, like many many moons ago when I was a little tot. Um, but yeah, if he could get those, that would be great. Um, Christopher, I, get I don't on find it. myself. Huh? I don't find myself as a kid embarrassing. I just more, I just think it's funny. I'm just like, what an idiot. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> oh. Okay, so going back to the topic at hand. Oh, wow. For once. Um, what after school, sort of outside of school, what was the first sort of theatre thing that you did? Hmm. I think, excluding school, um... I think doing, uh, I think I did two summer classes at Pace. Oh, fests, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I think one of them I went with Matthew and the other one I went with Andrew. Andrew Plain? Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't know he did any pace. Yeah, we did a... I can't remember what it was, but myself, Andrew, and two other boys were playing a barbershop quartet. Was it like a sketch fest or a comedy fest or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Um, And we did our little barbershop thing, and I was like, right, for the last performance, we're going to... We're gonna throw our hats into the audience, and we're like, oh, that's a great idea, and we did it. And then after, <laughs> the group who were going on after us was like, we were going to use your hats in our performance, and we were standing there going, oh, whoops. So we threw someone's props away. So that's Amazing. all I remember about that. Um, and the other one, the other one we did at Pace, um was a comedy spoof of The Sound of Music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this because uh, I remember when, I think it was your mum or dad went to pick you up after, like, your first day. Uh, your mum was like, oh, right, so what are you doing? And you were like, mm, I'm not really sure what the word is. I'm either doing a spoof or a poof of The <laughs> Sound of Music. And our parents thought that was really funny, whereas I'm just like, eh. You were a kid. Yeah. Because what I always forget is like with Fest, I was like, I was never in a Fest with you. No. But Fest were always sort of age gated. So you had Fests for like three to five year olds. Mm -hmm. You had Fest for like five to eight year olds, eight to 11, 11 to 18. I think was the way that it was sort of branched. It was, I think the older kids were all lumped in together because like 11 to 18 is kind of when you're in high school. So they were like, yeah. we just chuck all the high school kids together. Um, and when I first started in Pace, which I would say outside of school was the first real exposure to theatre that I had. I think my mum enrolled me when I was like 10 or 11. Because um, I think she knew quite early on that that's the sort of thing I was into. I mean, you made it fairly obvious that it was kind of the the, the area that you, you seemed to, to enjoy. Oh, yeah. Centre of attention, I love it. Uh, but, yeah, so... I got enrolled in, in Pace when I was 10 or 11 and I did like the weekly workshops and for the first maybe two years I never really got anywhere in it because I don't think my head was kind of in the right mindset to properly do drama because I was so wrapped up in oh I'm me and I'm the, do you know what I mean oh yes um which is funny because when I look like back at pictures of myself and stuff, I was a bit of a loser. Like I was this nerdy little wannabe goth kid <laughs> who also wanted to do acting. Um, and actually, like when I think back, I don't really remember much about the first couple of years that I was in Pace. Um, I did a comedy fest in Oktoberfest 2015. All of the fests are just named after like the summer holidays. So there's Easter Fest, which takes place over the two week Easter break. Mm -hmm. Summer Fest, which takes over takes up the summer holidays, and then there's October Fest, which is during the October break, which is like a week. Uh, so the first comedy fest I did was uh, 2015 October Fest. I still have the leaflet. Really? <laughs> yeah, I still have the leaflet that advertises it. I have a big folder of all my pay stuff, uh, at least stuff I kept. I also have 
notebooks and notebooks and notebooks in my loft that I kept. Um, which I'm kind of glad about now, because when I moved out, I was like, oh, should I keep these? These are just junk. But I know one day I will go up to that loft, open the box, and just have a field day looking at oh, all these memories. Man. Those are the best days um, when you, you're sitting down, you're just going through boxes of old stuff. You're like, oh my goodness. Oh my God, remember this? Yeah. Um, and kind of, I think when I was 11 or 12, when I was at Pace, uh, I met one of my best friends, who's still one of my best friends today, which is David, who you know. Yes. Uh, we got very, very drunk at his house once. Um, I've been very drunk at his house a few times, but uh, I met him at Pace. Um, and actually, I don't really talk to too many people from school. Like, I'm on speaking terms with quite a few people from school, but, mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm not, like, close friends with them, whereas I think any friends I have from childhood who are still my proper friends now, who I speak to all the time and, you know, I can phone up and have a laugh with, uh, David's one of those, and all of those are really from pace. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, after a few years at Pace, I did fest every every school holidays because I just got addicted. I loved them so much. Oh my god, it was so much fun. <laughs> um, and then I did an Oktoberfest. I think it would have been 2016. So it would have been like, um, not 2016. I don't know why I said 2015 either. 2005 is what I meant. Uh, 2005 and 2006. My brain isn't working because 2015 was like five years ago. <laughs> the thing is, it, um, I didn't even register that you'd said it. So no, it, eh. 2005. Um, but so I think it would have been Oktoberfest 2006. I did what they called a performance fest. Um, and it was a kind of workshopped performance, serious, not not comical, but it was all about body image. And there were funny elements to it, but uh, one part of the the performance, the show, because um, it was a cohesive show. It wasn't like performances and sketches. It was like a kind of informative show um, with some, like, I don't know, less structured than a play. Um, but there was a segment of it about Karen Carpenter. And I played Karen Carpenter in this this bit. And the reason I think they cast me as her is because uh, David Ramsey, who was in charge of the music at Pace at the time, um, he came in with a guitar and just played a little bit of music and got everybody who wanted to to stand up and sort of sing to see, you know, who was right for that role. Uh-huh. Basically on audition, but it was in front of the whole fest. Uh, and you only had to do it if you wanted to. So I decided to stand up and sing. And everyone seemed to go a bit quiet. And I was like, oh, God, I was shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's that moment <laughs> of I, like, oh, no, I have made yeah. a mistake here. And then everyone freaked out. And we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, like, I think it was the first time anyone had ever outright gone up to me and went, you can sing. I was like, can I? Like, and I was really embarrassed, mm-hmm. you know? Even though people were being nice to me, it's like I... I was in choir and stuff, but the thing with choir is that I was never given solo and I, like I didn't do music as a subject in school. So the singing teachers weren't familiar with me and they didn't know I could sing because they only ever heard me as part of a group. Um, but yeah, so it was like really challenging for me because I had to sing a cappella uh, 
Oh, what was it? What was the song? Uh, Rainy Days and Mondays, that's what it was. Uh, and I had to sing a cappella in front of like 250 people. And yeah, I'd been on stage before and yeah, I'd done like ensemble bits and pieces, but I'd never been given the chance to do something by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was terrifying, but I did it. Um, and I did a good job of it. Oh, good. And I was, I was kind of, I was on the fence of whether or not this is going to have a happier ending or a, like a horrible mm. ending. But after that, like, I feel like I kind of busted open a door almost, and I felt more liberated and able to like act better. Because mm-hmm. you know, when you're that age, especially when you're a teenager and you're doing drama and stuff. A lot of it's wrapped up in your insecurities and, and your inhibitions and stuff. Because when you're a teenager, you feel really awkward about yourself. It doesn't help that I'm just naturally quite an awkward, clumsy, foot-in-my-mouth person. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, so... And after that, I kind of went from strength to strength and, and pace, and I did a lot of stuff. And a lot of those experiences, like, I, I went out to schools... Um, to do educational drama uh, in schools in front of like classes of kids in high schools and primary schools and it was just incredible like i even did my work experience at pace um i think if you can get over um a- any sort of performance in general you can perform in front of school kids you can perform in front of anyone well that's true. <laughs> school kids but, um, are the worst oh they're so mean they're so honest yeah um, and and then if you go to high school, like they're gonna heckle you and stuff. High school kids are like, it's why I'll never be a teacher. Like respect to anyone who can teach yeah, kids, because there's no way. I mean, you teach kids, Callum. Oh, that's different though, um, because I get to teach kids cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so they like you. So I have the I have the benefit of not being bound by a boring syllabus um, and doing cool things. But. Like, aside from being good for exposing kids to drama, because the thing is, when I was a teenager, I wanted to be an actress. That's what I wanted to do. Um, that's obviously changed over the years. You know, I have a family now. I, I've settled down. I have a job. Um, but even though that never happened for me, pace has been invaluable. Like, there's no way I would have grown into the functional adult that I am now if I hadn't had those experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I think, like, if your kid's not wanting to do any other clubs or activities, because I know kids these days have so many clubs and activities to go to, so many different options for things. You know, if if they're not really sure um, and you want them to go to something, see if you have a local theatre group, you know, um, because it's great for kids. Like, it gave me so much confidence um, and it did a lot for me. And as I said, I made lifelong friends. So, yeah. Yeah. What about Other Than Pace? Oh, other like... Than Pace. <laughs> what? There's an Other Than Pace? Uh... There is an Other Than Pace. Oh, man. For you, at least. You didn't even live anywhere near Pace. I didn't pace. live anywhere near Pace. Um, so there wasn't really, like, drama groups or theatre groups in... Well, there was. There's the Stornoway Thespians, but I didn't do anything with that for, for a very long time uh, until I was, like, 20. <laughs> Um, so before that, it was all really the school stuff. Um, I mm. did like the after school drama um group at the school, uh, where we did, I did various things actually. We did um West Side Story, 
where I was. Oofed. Um, who was I? One of the oh, random you were one of guys. The... You were you were a jet. I was a jet. You definitely sang the when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. From your first cigarette till your last dying day. Yeah. And um, dear kindly Sergeant Krupke, you've got to understand. Except not in a <laughs> Cockney accent. Cockney accent. <laughs> dear Officer Krupke, we're really upset. Because we don't get the love that every child ought to get. It's not what delinquents were misunderstood. Deep down inside us, there is good. There is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it did that. Um, it wasn't like a big part. There were some speaking parts. Uh, and then we did another musical called Back to the 80s, which was just, I don't know, just it was a dumb musical with filled with 80s songs. Um, and the, that sounds great. It was really good. But the weirdest part is when music. you've got, you know, a bunch of like first to fifth year students singing centerfold and Ooh. <laughs> it was it was good it was just weird um, yeah, and then weird. that that one random song's like hey you get into my car who me yeah you get into my car and we made a giant um car out of expanding foam and uh <laughs> like bits of wood i guess and they would drive on in this car. Um, I don't remember anything about it. I think Dad's got See, videos though. of all of them, though. Oh, they definitely, definitely do. Um, because 100%. he films everything that I've um, ever done, which is great. But yeah. Um, yeah. And then that ended up progressing uh, to doing uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Which was really fun. You should have been Puck. Um, I was who's I? I was bottom. Oh, actually, that suits you too. <laughs> and Puck or bottom? Like I could see you as both. It was. Uh, I was in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, who were you? Pace. Uh, well, I essentially was kind of Puck because so many kids sign up for Pace. It was a fest, right? So you maybe had like forty kids, mm -hmm. fifty kids. So you've got a large, large cast. Um, which is great for ensemble things, but like Shakespeare obviously just has the character. So what happened was Puck's dialogue was separated out. See, we had two Pucks. Um... Uh, right, so I did some of Puck's dialogue. I was a fairy. Um, mm -hmm. I made my own outfit for that. I was really chuffed with it. There's a photo of me, um, which I might put on the Twitter. We'll see. Um, by the way, follow us at Inverus. Um, yeah, there's a photo of me, and I was so proud of that outfit. Like, I ripped up tons of old clothes and kind of sewed them back together to make this, like, fairy outfit. And it was, like, a forest fairy outfit, so it was, like, brown. And I, I, I my mum had this, like, really old blouse, but it was, like, metallic copper coloured. Okay. Um, and I chopped it up and added it to the thing, and it just looked cool, right? I don't care what anyone said. I loved it. I was so happy with it. And I think that's probably my first foray into, like, making clothes and making costumes again through drama like see mm -hmm. drama gets you to do loads of cool stuff it takes your places like making cars out of expanding foam making a car <laughs> of expanding foam i didn't know expanding foam existed until that point <laughs> um and now it's you know my best friend yep calm and expanding foam i made i made all my friends out of expanding foam <laughs> <laughs> uh... even me i made of expanding foam yep. It was, a, it was a great feat. Okay, so let's talk about adulthood. 
in things drama wise that you've done in your adulthood. No heck. You've done a lot more than me because I I did some classes at the it was called the RSAMD at that time. Oh, it's yes. called the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. I did some evening classes uh, there. And then I fell pregnant and ever since then it's been really difficult to try mm-hmm. and find time. Especially because I don't do it as a job. It's very much hobby thing for me it's very much something i just do on an amateur basis i have been paid for work before though once <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> so feeling isn't time. it <laughs> um it's a lovely feeling um that actually com- i completely forgot all about this but I-, I went and did a summer course at the rsamd it was a i, I remember that it's a five-day course and i don't do you know what i couldn't even tell you what we did we did a bunch of things and it was like um at, Essentially, what ended up happening was, you know, it was filled with a lot of acty-acty people, which I've decided is a breed of person I'm not the hugest fan of. Um, There's a lot of drama and backstabbing, particularly when you look at young, like, teenagers who want to go into acting, because there was some of that in Pace, you know. Pace, at the time, I don't know if it's still this way, uh, because I know it's under new management, um... My favorite drama worker, Jenny, she's in charge now and I love her. Um, <laughs> yeah. So back then it was like you had youth theater, which I was a part of, and then you had theater school, it was called. Um, and it cost more. And all the inverted commas good actors, I'm not saying they were bad actors, but I do know that there were hundreds and hundreds of absolutely fantastic actors and actresses in youth theater that weren't in theater school. Uh, but there was this sort of like down the nose thing. Not all theatre school kids did it, but there there was a, a select group of uh, kids who who would look down their nose at you because, oh, yes. you know, oh well, we're in theatre school. Um, and the thing is, I get it. Like, if you want to be an actor, it's kind of cutthroat, you know. <laughs> like, oh, you've got to, you've got to have the confidence to go with the ability. Um. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think a lot of people do end up suffering from. A lot of the confidence while still lacking some of the ability. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I doubt anyone from there would actually listen to this, but all the friends that I made there are really cool people and I love you all, Um, which actually goes back to I probably kept in touch with more of them than I have my school friends, so. I think a lot of that's to do with you make better friends and I think you have better relationships with people who you have a common interest with. Mm-hmm. Like me and David bonded over drama and stuff. We're both complete geeks. Like, you know, we like our, our comic books and our video games and that kind of thing. So yeah, like I met him actually, and uh, it wasn't even a fest. It was like a kind of end of term performance thing we were doing, and it was about the summer and the winter. Um, and I don't remember everything because I wasn't main cast, but um. I think there was a girl who played the summer and there was a, a boy who played the winter. I think the boy who played the winter was called Terence. I don't remember anything else. <laughs> and I used to know there was a chant we did while summer and winter were having a fight. Uh, and the whole sort of ensemble cast did like this sort of really cool choreographed fake fight. Uh, but while we were doing it, we were chanting like different words to do with like summer and different words to do with winter. And David... We partnered up for this, like, combat. He was winter and I was summer. Uh, and that's how we met. And it was great because we had a laugh doing that. 
Uh, and at the time, I think we were both really kind of shy, like, oh. Look, there's nothing like having a, a, a fake battle to, to kind of unite people together. Exactly, exactly. And we're still friends today. David, if you're listening, you're like a brother. I have to say it. It's the law. It, it's the law. Anytime David is mentioned, um, you are like a brother. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, um, so what ended up happening at the, the five days things, you had the Acti Acti people. And um, they were doing all the acty acty stuff, and I think it was like during a like like a lunch break or whatever. And there was like Piet like in the building. I don't know what it's like now because it's probably completely changed. Um, but in the building, there's pianos just dotted everywhere. So I was doing that thing where I just sit down and mash notes on the piano. You're so good at that. Though. You always go, oh, it's garbage, but it's always beautiful. He's amazing. It's um polished He's garbage amazing. is what it is. Um, but I was doing that thing that it can't that polish I do. a turd, Callum. Um, you can polish a turd. It'll just be very polished. Um, and uh, yeah, one of the the tutors was like, ah. Oh, Really good. So instead of doing any of the acting stuff, I was providing the backing track to whatever they were doing. I was relegated to piano stand man. Oh my god. Oh, and I opened an iron brew can with my teeth. That's that's what that's what I did. That was my contribution to the performance. I remember you going to that because you and your pals from your summer school thing. You were at Nando's and I was in Glasgow. Randomly happened to be in Glasgow and I texted you because I knew you were down. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, are you around? And you're like, oh, come get Nando's. I didn't get Nando's, but I came no. into Nando's and I said hello. Um, but yeah, that's why I know you were there. Because I actually have a selfie that me and you took in Grand's house that time that you were down. <gasps> it's really, that's, that's a really weird selfie because I look massive in that photo. <laughs> and you look normal yeah. sized. What's weird about that is that, like, obviously now, age gap with us, like, we're just friends, right? Mm-hmm doesn't make any difference to our conversations or anything because we're just pals but when you were like when you were doing that i had just got like my first proper job like full-time permanent job in an office yeah because i was like um, what 15 or something yeah and i i had just got my first you know full-time permanent job um and i was looking back in that and i'm like yeah man that's weird <laughs> like because I always think of you as being the exact same age as me. It's and you're bizarre. not. Yeah, that feels like forever ago. Man. Because it was. That's bonkers. Oh, I mean, it was ages ago, but that's not the point. It was like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, I think it was a bit more than that. Oh, yeah. it was, because I would have been coming up for 21. I, I would have been 20, I think, 19 or 20 when that happened. Yeah. Dang. Mm. Ages that's ago. crazy. That was ages ago. But yeah, so I guess the moral of that story is if, you, if you're kind of good at something, play to that and do it because people will ask you to do it more. Oh, yeah, like singing. Like Although singing. it got to a point with me, like once people knew I could sing and I think like I had a big massive block on singing. I enjoy singing now. Like I don't have any issue singing in front of however many people I could sing in the street. You know, I'm not one bit shy, uh, but I think it's because I love it so much. Um, but back then, like, as I said, the first time anybody told me that I could sing, I think I was 13, 14. Mm. I think I was 14. Um, so that was the first time anybody told me that I could sing. And I remember feeling really awkward about it because suddenly people were looking at me and going, oh, she can sing. She's the girl that can sing. She's got such a beautiful voice. Um, and because I, it's not that I'd never heard it. Like, 
I'm sure my mum and my mum, like, and my gran and everyone, I think I'm pretty sure they would tell me that I had a good singing voice, but when it's your family, you don't really believe them. No. Because <laughs> they have to say that, you know? It's like your mum's mom, um, always going to be like, oh, yes, that was beautiful. Yeah, Great. exactly. Unless it's my mum. But... Um, but when it's random people telling you that you can sing, you know, it's a bit weird, man. Mm. Um, so I went through this period of, like, really feeling awkward about singing. And it was weird as well because I felt like when I did shows, it was like, oh, we'll get Claire to sing. So she'll get the part that has the singing. Yeah, so you became like token singing person. Yeah, we did After Juliet, uh, which is a play by... Oh, I don't know who it's by. I'm actually going to go check because I should know this. Because um, I bought the book after we did it because I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've heard of it. Um, but it's a play... By Sherman MacDonald. Um, and it's what happened after Romeo and Juliet died. Oh, okay. Um, and it censor, se- censors <laughs> it centers around uh, Rosaline, who is mentioned in Romeo and Juliet. I don't think Rosaline appears in it. I need to reread Romeo and Juliet. But, um, and basically, she had been in love with Romeo, and then Romeo went and killed herself. And there's also, like, a bunch of infighting within the Capulets. There's stuff going on with the Montagues. Uh, they're looking for a new Prince of Cats. I don't actually... I'm going to have to reread this. I have it mm. in the loft somewhere. <laughs> uh, or I could get it on my Kindle because times have changed. We're living in the future! I almost sang one of those uh, songs that's on the end of Jesse Cox's videos on YouTube, but I'm not going to... Um, yeah, and we did that, and there's, like, a nanny that looks after one of the Capulet children, uh, and she sings a... It's not actually a song that's in the play. It just says that she sings a traditional Italian lullaby. So the music folk at Pace went and found an, a traditional uh, Italian lullaby, and I sang it. <laughs> I was, like, the only person that sang um but yeah like theater's one of those things that i truly miss um i've done like little bits and pieces in my adult life but i haven't yeah you know i don't think i really appreciated how much easier it is to find these things as a kid yeah it's one of those things like um well you hear people talk about it all the time like as a kid you've got the time and you have the opportunities um Mm. but sometimes you just don't have the drive or the means to do it yeah and then when you're an adult, you've got a job, so you've got income, so you've got the means, um, and you might have the drive, but you just don't have the time. Well, I have a job on. and I have kids, you know. And um, kids as well, it takes up much more of the time. So the kids are doing all the things that you wish you were doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. As I said, like as an adult, I've done like little bits and pieces. I've done little classes here and there. I did some extra work um, on the side, but I've never... like the. I think the first major thing and the last major thing that I've done, I'm going to try and do more in the future because I do really enjoy being on stage. I really feel at home. I love performing. Um, even if it's just to do gigs and stuff, you know. Uh-huh. And by gigs, I mean like, oh, I'll go to an open mic night or something. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the most recent thing I've done was Serafina, which I I don't actually think I mentioned this in the last one. Yeah, you did briefly. But yeah, so Serafina um, was a show about witches and there was a lot of singing involved in that. That um, was great. Like, that was really good. Obviously, there were some absolutely 
incredible actresses on the stage um like so inspiring you know um and it was just great to get back in it and, and be on stage and perform for people again because yeah I, I just loved it i loved every minute that's the thing like um even being a small part of something i'm not saying that was a small part because what like a lot of what you were doing was actually quite tricky and acapella that's all about the timing <laughs> And the key, oh my god. Sounds and timing and stuff with that amount of people as well. Whew. And like most of those people aren't like trained singers either. Like obviously I've I've had singing lessons. I can read music a wee bit. Really not good at I'm better at it than you, and you're better at music than me, which is so funny. Yeah, your sight reading's way better than, than mine. Mine's <laughs> garbage. But uh yeah, you know, I have a bit of musical background there. You know, I've I've been to singing lessons for years. I I I've I've done all that stuff. So I think what actually we achieved there was really impressive considering a lot of these were women who had never not that they never sang, they could all sing. They were women from the community. Um and you know, what we were doing was really hard. It was but, great though. You really pulled it off. Yeah, and they managed to knock us into shape to do it. Yeah. Uh, what was the what was the time scale of that? Like when did it when did you like start like rehearsing for that and like I want to say like January time. January, late January, early February, maybe March, I think. Uh but we had a good good few months crack at it. Uh-huh. But I think that was simply to make sure that the music worked because um but that was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was the last major thing I did. But yeah, as I said, um we just needed that time scale to sort of get everyone to be able to sing properly <laughs> together and that sort of chanting because it was very rhythmic chanting mm-hmm. um all in unison and i think a lot of it was trying to get us to sound fluid as well as being really rigid because the music's rigid the timings are rigid but they wanted our voices to sound almost like water i guess depending on which part of the show we were at because yeah there's a lot of really sad awful parts but yeah that was just an incredible experience to be a part of. It was outstanding. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great. And it was weird as well, because obviously I went on and on and on about how I was in Pace and I did all this stuff in Pace. Pace uses buildings in Paisley. The main one is the Spires. And then they have the Paisley Art Centre. They sometimes use Oakshaw Trinity Church's Hall. Uh, but the original building that I knew, obviously it's not the original one because it was originally in Paisley Art Centre, um, was the wine centre. Because uh, the wine centre has a really good auditorium. Oh, right, okay. Um, and that's where Serafina was performed, was in the wine centre auditorium, and it was so strange for me. I hadn't done a show in there. All of my pace shows, not all of them, majority of them were in the wine centre auditorium. Mm-hmm. So to be going back, I think it was like 11 years... <laughs> Since I had last performed in the Wine Centre Auditorium and then I was back in there and I was like, this smells the same as it did like when I was a teenager. This is so weird. Yeah. Um, And it was just wonderful to be in that space again and just think, you know, I haven't been here in so long. This is so nostalgic, but also I'm making something new here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, I'm really glad that I got to do that. You've done a lot of panto. To change the subject. I have done a lot of panto. I'm ashamed at the amount of panto that I've done. Panto's a good laugh. Um, do you know what? Right. I despise watching panto. I hate it. It's awful. 
but being in Vandal was actually really quite fun. Um, I think the first year that I did it, I again, this was kind of when I was working night shift times. Actually, what actually happened, I was going to say, oh, I was night shift, I needed something to do. No, what happened was Neve did Panto, and the first year she did it, she was the the back end of a horse, um, you know, the two people costume of the horse. Yep, and... that's great. That do you know back end of a horse would be such a good insult. Yeah, back end of a horse. Um, and then this following year she was like a rat, and she was like one of the servants for the Rat King, and I, I, you know, did that, that you know, great sibling rivalry thing. Where I was like, oh, well, if I did it, you know, uh, sure I might get like a rubbish part for the first one, but then you know I'd just I'd have a main part by the second year. Yeah, so I'm just much better than you, Neve, obviously. So Neve signed me up for the next panto. So I, I went and I, and I did it and I played, I think it was, um, it was in Robin Hood and I was one of the merry men. And during the like rehearsals, what, uh, it, what they did was they were like, right, okay, anyone who like wants to, wants to can like just sing a quick song and we'll decide whether or not like you, you, you get like singing parts or vocal parts or whatever. So I, I, I stood up and I was like, right, okay. And I sang the chorus of um, the 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 song from the that space one, the Aerosmith song. I don't want to miss a thing. I don't want to miss a thing. I'm probably like totally out of tune That's okay. there. Like, um, <laughs> and just because it was stupid and ridiculous, and I sang it way too high for my vocal range, and then. I got given whatever Merry Man is supposed to sing in this script. And they're like, right, okay, yeah, just, just, I don't know, sing something. Just see these words, just sing them. <laughs> it's really weird when you're just given words and you're like, I don't have it, I don't know. It's not even like a tune. That's not fair. Like, yeah, just sing that and that, that'll do. And like, no, I had like talking parts as well. Me. This is the thing you're like, okay. Right, I'll I'll sing that, sure. And so every performance I sang it differently. <laughs> um and it was, you know, it was just like little rhyming things. I think they were supposed to be spoken. I think the actual thing spoken, but they wanted it sung because apparently I could sing. I was like, okay, cool. And um so I did that the first year and that was fine. Then the second year I think it was Alice in Wonderland or something like that. And I was It like, was my mum wasn't in that one. My mum's pretty much in all the pantos that Callum has been in. Oh, yes. Because um, they both live on the island. So, And I think it was something like uh, Jack of Hearts or something. Uh, and I, I said some things or whatever. Uh, and then the next one... Oh, might have been... Was, was it, it Beauty, Beauty and, the and the Beast? I think. I think it was Beauty and the Beast. It must have been Beauty and the Beast. Where... So I think that's the last one where Neve was on the island. Uh-huh. And Neve was Beauty. I was the Beast. So gross. <laughs> it man. was really weird. It was very odd. But I was Sorry great. Sorry, thespians, like, putting incest on stage. Not really. Not really. I'm just being mean. Yeah, it was It was really good. Um, And me and Neve were amazing. Like we were actually amazing, and there was like there was we we like sang actual songs and we did proper like choreographed dancers. We got an actual dancing like teacher to come in and teach me oh, flipping hell, um, teach me how to to dance. 
I can't dance. I'm not a dancer. I don't think I ever will be a dancer. I can't See, dance. trying to tango is really hard. <laughs> we were sitting there trying to learn this very simple tango, you know, kind of, it wasn't the same, but the kind of vibe of La Composita, you know, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, yeah. It looks really easy when people do that. It's not really easy when people do no, that. It's I've got not. like, I'm really gangly. Choreographed dancing is so hard. Oh, it's just, it's, it's a nightmare. So that was hard. And then trying to do that while singing and talking and acting and being a beast. The makeup was fantastic. The makeup was great. Um, hats off to Babs. She did an amazing job. Uh, she, uh, works in the tea shop in town uh, and i just bought some really nice tea from her actually today and uh, not today oh, does she work in is it the hebridean tea store uh-huh i love that shop it's great they're getting some well it's actually arrived they're just waiting to sell some stuff so they can put it out really expensive japanese teas and they've oh. got these beautiful beautiful japanese like teapot sets i will be on their website definitely going to be asking for some of that for christmas 100 percent. but yeah um beauty and the beast was great and you know by this point i had already succeeded in my my prediction of of progressing faster but the thing and i think this is probably standard for most places it's a lot easier for guys to get parts oh and, and amateur theater and amateur definitely. theater it's just easier because there is they're crying for male actors. That's it. Even in um, you know, like colleges and stuff, crying for males. I mean, you say that, but uh, I went to college very briefly. I think I went to two classes, and that class in college had mostly guys in it. It was really weird. I'd never been in a theater setting that had more guys than girls. But there you go. Really? Yeah. Oh. Pace had tons of boys in it too. Um, I remember the the cla the summer classes that I went to, or the the whatever time of year it was. I don't actually. It would have been summer. Um, there was like a there was a pretty solid, like fifty fifty split, um, or it seemed yeah. pretty even to me anyway. At my my young young man. Well, the thing about pace fests, particularly for like older kids, um, they're on from like ten until four every day. So if you can arrange it with your work that you, you know you you have to maybe work a, a reduced shift, um, instead of having to send your kid to like out of school care at a nursery or something, mm. maybe they're a bit too old or or to a childminder or something, you can send them to a fest. You know, uh, if they're old enough, obviously, because you know you're kind of, or at least I was, I was kind of um right. Here's two pound fifty. Go at Greg's at lunchtime. Or here's a packed lunch. Yeah. You know, I I used to go to Greg's every single lunch and get a ham big softy, which they don't sell anymore, and a French fancy. Uh, or a sausage roll. Back when Greg's sausage rolls were like 40p. We we went to, I think it was like KFC or something, and your mum was supposed to meet me at the front and give me my money, and she forgot. Sounds like my mum. So... I I still went because I had a lot of change in my pocket of like five peas and oh two peas. Oh my god, Callum. And I ordered the cheapest thing at KFC and I was two pence short. No. And the woman behind me was so fed up of waiting, she just bought it for me. 
My mum forgot to pick me up from school once. You know, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I don't really blame her. My mum had, uh, like, she still has six kids. I mean, we're not kids. But, um, yeah, so she had six kids. She was at uni at the time. Uh-huh. Like, I think she was final year of uni at the time. So she's doing, like, dissertation and all that that, that stuff. Um, So, you know, I cut my mum slack because I'm not really sure how many people, because I couldn't. I don't think I could go to uni and, and also have six kids at home. In fairness, I don't think I could have six kids at home. Like, ever. I couldn't. Oh my god, no. And I grew up, like, in that environment. <laughs> so I know you can do it. I just wouldn't do it. I just can't. I don't have the energy for that, man. But yeah, um, so, like, I think the reason that there's a good split is because, particularly for fests, um, a lot of parents were like, well, this is a local community thing. Pace is really great for the Paisley community. Um, and I can send my kid there. Uh, and, you know, they'll do drama. They'll learn some stuff. They'll make friends. And I can also go to work. <laughs> mm. You know? Um, but, because they also had, like, an early bird thing where you could get dropped off at 8 and stay until 10. And then, like, an after fest thing where you could stay until, like, 6. Um, so, you know, for older kids, definitely, like, it was a good sort of childcare and very commas option. Um, obviously all the people that work there are, like, you know, vetted and checked and they have, uh, disclosure and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they're, they're pretty good. Oh, they're lovely they're, people. And they're, you know, they're nice. I remember, I think I remember whatever day it was, I think it was the time I was doing it with Andrew. And for whatever reason, he didn't go one day, maybe not feeling well or whatever. So I didn't have anyone to talk to. So I was just sitting on the stairs by myself, eating my lunch. And I didn't think anything of it, right? Because, like, I don't mind being alone. I've never minded being alone. Um, I enjoy my own company. I, I must have been deep in thought. And one of the, the, one of the tutors or whatever came up and was like, oh, are you okay? And I don't think I answered them the first time because I'm not proper dwam. And they're like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, okay. And then they started chatting to me and as if it was like, it's okay to be alone. I was like, what? Um, I was like, no, no, I don't. Like, are you wanting to come through and like sit with things? I was like, oh, no, no, I'm quite happy here. It's fine. Uh, just have my sandwich. I always kind of feel bad because, as I said, like, I, I often sing the praises of the drama workers at Pace. Uh, I don't think there was a drama worker I didn't like. Like, they were all just these amazing people and they were great with kids. Mm. Um, But I was this like, scruffy geek kid like wannabe goth like i don't know like i think if i if i saw me now i'd be like oh here we go <laughs> what a loser do you know what i mean like oh god you say her. that but like i see like I, I mean i see a lot of kids throughout the and it's really funny because when i see like the wee awkward nerdy kid i'm instantly like i like you <laughs> That's because that was you. Once. <laughs> it was me. Just sitting there. It was really funny. We were like doing like a an archery this complete tangent. I do apologize, but we're doing like an archery thing and it was like lunchtime and one of the kids went around the corner and he was reading the Yu-Gi-Oh manga like behind the ping pong table so no one could see him. Oh. And like I was like, "Oh." And I sat down and we started like just chatting about um Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff and then he came out and started like talking to the other guys as well. And then we started, you know, making, like, Yu-Gi-Oh puns and jokes throughout the whole thing. It was great. My grandpa's deck has no pathetic cards, Yugi or Kaiba. See, I completely misquoted that. <laughs> That's where my brain has been at all week. 
it's been one of those weeks. I think it's the I think it's the pressure change, and full moon coming out. You know, mm. does have an yeah. effect on these things. You know. Okay, so we've talked about theater that we've done. Uh, probably not even covered at all. No, definitely not. There's definitely one thing I do want to talk about, but okay, go for it. Well, no, we'll we'll, we'll get no, we'll get to that in a second. What I wanted to know is what's the first, maybe not the first, but the most like influential, important like piece of theater that you've gone and seen. Hmm, that I've seen live. Yeah. Ooh. Um, that's yeah, that a really hard question. question. <laughs> no, well. Well, while you think, um, when I was really young, um, I, I couldn't tell you how young I am. It's like one of those memories that are just such a distant memory that I vaguely remember it. Um, but my family forced me to go see My Fair Lady. Um, I think we were in, I think we we're in the Lake District for like a holiday or something like that. Somewhere like that. And um, yeah, we went to go see My Fair Lady. And the only thing that I remember about that specific performance is nothing about the actual play. Um, the play. Um, but um, the only thing I remember is sitting there going, man, wouldn't it be great if they just like randomly went, oh, and Calvin Blaine's here and we should invite him on stage to do this next song. And that's it. That's all I remember about Amazing. the time I went to go see My Fair Lady. And ever since I've been like, oh man, I could do stage stuff. I could go there and do that. And that's it. That's, I think, mm. where all that, like, theaterness began. I think in terms of, like, impactful theatre, I went to see... It was a play called Ghosts with Stuart. Okay. I think it was, like, a good 11 years ago. Something like that. Was it 11 years ago? Yeah, because I, I said 11 years ago earlier, but that was for something that happened, like, three years ago. So that was 14 years ago now. Uh, but 11 years ago, I went to see a play with Stuart uh, in the Citizens Theatre in Glasgow called Ghosts. And the play itself wasn't that remarkable, but I cried so hard, like almost sobbing, um, because the performances were just amazing. Um, and it was about this family. I don't remember the entire plot, but essentially one of the characters had syphilis. Um and it was all about he knew his life was going to end. All right. And he'd come back. He was young, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. But as I said, some some of the stuff that happened in that play was completely heartbreaking. Um. And it wasn't the material itself or the play itself. It was just the performances were just so good. Like they knocked it out of the park. And another one that I went to see that really really stuck with me, and I can't remember the name of it, and I'm really really sorry, because it was. It was at the Edinburgh Fringe. So I went to the Edinburgh Fringe, oh God, for my mum's birthday one year. Um, a very, very long time ago, I think. Um, within the last eight years, at least, because I know that I had had look by then. But I went to the Edinburgh Fringe with my mum. Uh, and we went to see a few things. We went to see an improv comedy show, which was amazing. Um, we went to see one other thing that I can't remember. And we went to see this other show. Uh, and it was about poverty, and uh, it was a bit too real, if that makes sense. Like, I think it impacted me the way that it did, because I'm not saying that I grew up in abject poverty. Like, there was always food on the table. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we weren't we weren't that well off growing up. Um, I was the kid that always got the dinner tickets, you know, um, free school meals and all that. See, nowadays, 
it's it's not done that way. You don't get a dinner ticket. The thing is, every kid in your class knew you got a dinner ticket if you got yeah, one. Yeah, well, so the way we had it was everyone got their dinner tickets, but you, you, you'd either pay for them or you'd get your free ones. And the free ones were a different colour, uh, I'm fairly certain. Or they had like a stamp on them or something. So you yeah. knew the kids who had the, the dinner tickets because their tickets were visibly different. Whereas now you pay for your kids' meals online. So oh, that's right. That's not weird. just that, but every kid between P1 and P3 gets free school meals. That's good. So, yeah, so like they just get it free anyway. So nobody's paying for it. But yeah, so, you know, um, and I was really ashamed of myself growing up. Um, mm-hmm. And it led me to a lot of stupid, bad decisions that I made in high school and made me treat people a certain way because I was ashamed of myself. Because, um, you know, not having an awful lot of money, like, it impacts you in ways that you wouldn't necessarily immediately think. Um, but this show was about uh, poverty. It was like an hour and a half long, maybe. Maybe just an hour. I don't remember. Um, but again, it was the, the performances were excellent. It had been written by the people who were performing it. Um, and it was clear a lot of it came from personal experience. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just, it was just wonderful, like theatre. Awful, sad, horrible when you think about the fact that it's real. Although the performance and what was happening on stage wasn't real. You know that it represents something that's actually happening in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really difficult to watch. Um, I mean, other than that, like... You know, I loved Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was kind of wanted to at least talk briefly about Hamilton because I think it's the first thing that I went to go see to went to go see for quite a long time. Um, yeah, me and you went. I went before that with uh, Callum's sister because randomly, uh, the last band I saw in the O2 Academy in Glasgow before it burnt down, or the ABC, whatever you want to call it, was. Callum's uncle. Oh, that's right. I and for- Callum was in the band. That was great, actually. I forgot all about and that. That was fantastic. Uh, and I'm glad it was you that I saw the last time before they were too far down. Because I never got a chance to go to any other gigs after that. Mm. Uh, but that night, I met your uncle Seamus, your mum, your dad, and Neve in a restaurant not far from the O2. Because obviously, that's you right. and you also yeah. had to go and do your stuff. We had to set up and sound check and. Yeah talk to the other bands and do stuff so i met them in this restaurant and neve wouldn't stop going on and on (laughs) about this rap musical i had heard of it kinda i was like right okay so there's this musical about american history it's not on over here it's only on in america i'm just gonna push that to one side right Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until i saw neve going on and on and on about oh my god there's this thing and it's so good and you have to listen to the album and like oh i just really want to go see it one day obsessed with it it was crazy um so i left that restaurant with a promise that i would at least listen to the soundtrack um and i listened to it the next week at work mistake mistake do not listen to any songs that will make you cry when you are trying to do work no don't do that (laughs) but i had no idea like, I went into this just knowing it was, like, hip-hop and rap. <laughs> and and it was about, like, some guy called Hamilton. I actually knew who Hamilton was because uh, I had watched an episode of Drunk History that had Michael Sarah in it. Um, <laughs> that was about... Uh, had Michael Sarah and Ashley Johnson was in it randomly. Um, <laughs> and it was about... Uh, 
you know, Alexander Hamilton and Iron Bird having a duel. So I knew that there is this American politician called Alexander Hamilton and this American politician called Aaron Burr who'd had a duel and one of them died and it was in New Jersey. That's all I knew, right? So I went into this relatively blind. Like, I knew it had existed. I knew at that point that it won tons of Tonys. So I knew it must be all right. But mm-hmm. I was like, rap? Rap in a musical? Yeah. That was that was my take on it. I was like, mm, rap, hip-hop in a musical? I mean, uh, it might be all right, but it's no Little Shop of Horrors. I mean, come on. Um, well, I, I listened to this album at work, um, and I didn't finish it. I got as far as, uh, I can't remember the name of the song. It's the one that plays, it's the really, really, really sad one right after uh, Alexander's son dies. Um, oh, I yes. I sing it, I just don't remember the name of it. Um and you know i'd been crying at work i just finished up i left i got on the bus and as soon as i got on the bus i was like right opening my music apps <laughs> <laughs> so that i could listen to it on the bus and finish the album because it was just a work of art uh, and weirdly as much as at the time i was like oh rap in a musical oh there's no way it would work um i recognize now that i was completely closed-minded but also lin-manuel miranda who is a genius obviously um He'd wrote one before called In the Heights that had rap in it. <laughs> so it wasn't even the first rap musical uh, that had ever been written. But it's just, you know, the first one that I had really had any exposure to. Uh-huh. Because um, being in the UK, we don't see all the stuff that's on in Broadway. And now it's obviously the global phenomenon that it is. Mm, I've seen it twice and it was good both times. I've seen it once and it was great once times. It was, it was it was really I mean good. I've seen it more than that now because it was on Disney Plus so I can have unlimited access to to Hamilton which is the best. Mm. Um cuz I've just been watching it over and over again and you know Stuart gets really annoyed because it's on all the time. <laughs> and I sing really loud. You can't sing quietly though. It's impossible. I can sing quietly. I just don't. No, there's no passion in it. There's no heart. Well, that's not true, because sometimes you can sing really powerful stuff that's just I quiet. don't believe it. I am going to sing really, really quietly in one of the songs for our album, or EP. I've extended it to a full album now, Callum. We're screwed. Um, that's okay. Well, it'll just take um, another five years. to. <laughs> I mean, other than that, you know, a lot of things I haven't seen in London. Uh, I've seen Les Mis once a very, very long time ago so long ago that i can barely remember i've never seen wicked live oh i'd love to um yeah that's our next trip definitely Um, i want to see the book of mormon live i haven't seen that live Um, i nearly nearly went to go see that with my dad oh (laughs) my god oh (laughs) you should have it would have been hilarious i know um, um, I'm trying to think of what we I've did seen, instead. I've seen Avenue Q in London many years ago. I think it was for my 21st. So I wasn't even like expecting a baby at that point. Probably the last <laughs> sort of, you know, adulthood thing that I did before I had my first kid. Because um, I fell pregnant when I was 21. Yeah, for my 21st, me and Stuart went to, to London. And we, did, we hadn't bought tickets in advance for anything, which isn't something I would do now. Now I just buy my tickets. Yeah. Well in advance. Um we just bought tickets while we were in London. Um and we went to see Avenue Q, which isn't on anymore. I think it toured recently, but yeah. 
was a very long time ago. Well, I mean, nothing's on just now, but... No. <laughs> I've seen um, Matilda. Oh, my God. Oh, I like, really want to go see Matilda. It must be. That's It's so good. The staging is so good. It's hilariously funny. It made me cry. It made me laugh. It was just its perfect. It was wonderful. One day we'll go back. We will go One back. One day. And it'll be good and it'll be fun. We'll have a wonderful time and everyone will be happy. One thing I'm going to mention. So, did you know at one point there was a Lord of the Rings musical? Uh, no, but... Apparently it was terrible. Oh. I'm gutted. I wish I could have seen it, even if it was bad. Like, I wish I could have seen that. Oh, man. There must be a copy. Like, somewhat... Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> but there must be, like, a something about it. Go Google it. Go Google it. Music by A.R. Raman, Christopher Nightingale, and the band Vartina. Book and lyrics by Matthew Warshus and Sean McKenna. It was three and a half hour long, with three acts. Cast of 65 actors. It was mounted in uh, Ontario, Canada. Princess of Wales Theatre. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> On May 30th, 2007, a preview performance was suspended after a cast member now firstly i misread this initially as adam sandler it is not adam sandler <laughs> it's adam salter caught his leg in the moving stage and was taken to hospital as a result preview performances were cancelled for several days salter made a full recovery later and rejoined the production Poor guy. oh something i would love to see but i'm not sure if it'll ever come back to uk shores starlight express man like it's such a dumb musical let's be real it's about a kid playing with toy trains, making them have a race, and they make this entire thing out of it. One last thing that I really probably should talk about is Jeff Wayne's musical version of Spartacus. What? That's the thing? <laughs> In 1992, Jeff Wayne released a musical version of Spartacus. Why, though? I don't know. Jeff Wayne got to eat. Jeff Wayne does got to eat. Let's be real. Um... I have no idea if it's any good. I've not. I literally just discovered it very recently. Um, I intend to listen to it at some point, and I think I'm listening. We should. We should do. We should do a listen. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm up for that. But no, really, what I was going to talk about, obviously, is War of the Worlds. Um, but I felt like it. Everyone's attention should be drawn to the fact, drawn to the fact that there is a musical version of Spartacus. This is how it happened. I don't know. If I've, I probably have told you, but this is how it happened. We were driving, myself and my uncle and two of my friends were driving. It was actually back from the gig at the O2 ABC. We were driving back and my mate Dutch hadn't listened to War of the Worlds ever. And my mate Duffy, who was in the car, he was big on War of the Worlds. Obviously, we were big on War of the Worlds. So we put it on and we listened to it in silence from Glasgow straight up to as far north as the album took us and listened to the whole thing. And then my uncle turned to me and said, you know what? You don't see any amateur productions of this. And I was like, no, I don't think I've seen any or heard of any or anything. He was like, hmm, we should do it. And I said, yeah, haha, let's do it. Fast forward one year later and we've bought the license to put it on. The CGI package thing that comes with it, that comes with the little movie that you see. And let me tell you, it's not cheap. The licensing for that sort of stuff is real expensive. Really, really expensive. But we did. And um, we, we started, we just 
we just went out and just went, all right, okay, we're doing it, I guess. And got all the people that we knew, um, sent them the, the scores and all that we have. We st- I've still got it on a pen drive, actually. All the original stems of the recordings from the album. So you can listen to each instrument individually. And we sent that out to all the musicians and they all went out and learned it or tried to learn it. And we, we faffed through and started rehearsing. I think rehearsal started like six months in advance. Uh, and then we went to Atlanta and we put it on and we did it. And you came up to see it. It was so good, guys. Like, ah, oh. like I knew it was going to be good because like Callum's really talented. His uncle who, who decided to do the whole thing. Uh, he is incredibly talented as well. Don't tell him I said that, except now it's on the internet. Oh, my God. I'll fix it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's he's really talented. So I knew, like, you know, there's talented people involved. There's a lot of really talented people on the island. There's a rich musical community mm-hmm. up there. Um, so, like, you know, I was like, oh, it'll be good. It'll be great. Callum's in it. It'll be fine. It was insanely good. They blew my socks off. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> just um yeah and it was worth traveling up for and it costs a lot of money to travel it does Um, it's not cheap so yeah like i went up on the plane which is even more expensive but yeah i went up on the plane i went to see it and honestly callum it was fantastic i just wish i'd bought tickets for both nights because it was excellent and you're a fantastic singer by the way um that was i think that's probably the the performance that's like I mean, this was recently. It wasn't that long ago, um, but it was the, the sort March of March last thing. year, yeah. March twenty nineteen, and it was the thing that I went, okay, actually, do you know what? Maybe I can sing, and that's that's when I just started getting a bit more comfortable with it, and then actually starting trying to learn how to sing. First of all, learning to sing is a whole different kettle of fish. That's just it's so hard. You think you can <laughs> sing, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> You've got to breathe properly. Breathing has never been You've so got to difficult. Warm your vocal cords. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of these things um, that you listen. You listen Start to out your diphthongs. Oh, don't talk to me about diphthongs. Oh my god, I'm re- <laughs> I'm awful for it. I'm really awful for it. And getting slapped in the face like diphthongs. Oh, I hate it. I mean, you're we're both very familiar with War of the Worlds, as it is. How many podcasts now has? Jeff Wayne's musical version of War of the Worlds come up on? Possibly six. <laughs> um, but it's one of these things that you know it inside out anyway, and you're listening to it, and it's not until you sit down and try and learn it that you realise there's, first of all, a lot more going on um, than you initially thought there was. Like, there's layers upon layers upon layers of things that you just don't notice or you subconsciously notice, you don't actively notice. It's not stuff you think about. Like, oh, there's the harpsichord part. There's the weird swelly part that's coming under the harpsichord part, whatever. The thing that really threw me and threw literally everybody is the timing of the whole thing. So what tends to happen, especially in like big musical productions like that anyway, is you have your in-ear monitors with a click track going on for all the musicians. And sometimes um, actors want the click track in their ears. Like, I want the click track in my ears because it's easier to keep time with everyone, especially something like War of the Worlds where it's a continuous piece of music. And the click track just essentially is just the... the so everyone can keep time. The problem is, in the 70s, when Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds was being recorded, I'm 98% sure they were all high at the time, 
And I don't think they were recording it to a click track, so they were just playing it and playing with the feel, and that's why it's actually, I think, one of the many reasons why it's actually so good, because it really flows really well. Unfortunately, for the live show, they just put a click track over that to match that. So the click track does this. The funniest thing about that is that I invaded the green room <laughs> after the show. I don't think I was meant to. Oh, yeah. I just did. I just ran in. Um, and I was like, oh my God, that was so good. Oh my God. Right. Um, but one thing I noticed was that every single one of the musicians who was playing were like, oh my God, that click track, never again. Oh my God. <laughs> the funniest thing about that is that that was the last show that you did that time. Mm -hmm. They came back and they did it again. After being yet? like, never again, oh my never god, again. I'll never unhear it. The, the <laughs> second time we did it, we were actually really raging about this, um, was that the announcer put us on, uh, decided that we were doing an afternoon show and an evening show. Now, that's okay for people like me who are just doing like their, their little singy parts. I, I played the artillery man, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, and he was great at it. Um, but for the musicians, and I'm, I'm thinking of Colin here, that acoustic guitar part doesn't stop. It does not stop through the whole thing. There's like the, the one bit where it's like, dun, 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 dun. It doesn't do anything there. And it's fine. Like, you know, you can, okay, you can just strum your chords. It's not just strumming chords. You're going, through the whole thing. And it's all these weird chord inversions. It's weird hand stretches for like, I don't know, like, like nearly three hours yeah. piece of yeah. music or whatever. Two and a half hours or whatever it is. And you've got to sustain that for that, that whole thing. Once you've done that, your, your hands are mangled. That's it. And then you've got to go out in two hours and do it all again. No. All over again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. On that note, what's your favourite musical, Callum? My favourite musical is a really tough question. Hold the boat. Um... Do you know what? I'm going to say it's Little Shop of Horrors because I love it so much. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that. Okay, I'll just say the musical that I probably listened to the most over the years is probably Les Mis. It's either that or Phantom of the Opera, and I'm I'm refusing to say that Phantom of the Opera is my favourite. I get that. I was like, I, I I would say Phantom, but no. But it's Phantom, you know? It's a little bit trash. I love Phantom, but it's trash. Let's be real. I would love um, to do Phantom. Same. We did that as a duet, like an inverted duet, because I was the Phantom and you were Oh, Christine. God, that was hard. At karaoke one time. That was so funny. It's never pick it as a karaoke song. Like, you need to like be properly warmed up oh, definitely. and ready to hit that note, because that's not a good note. To I can hit it. I can only hit it, like... You know. Is that one of your I'm on a good day notes? Oh, that's very much I'm on a good day note. Like, um, I can hit it. I just need to have warmed up correctly because I have a lot of throat issues. Like my tonsils swell quite a lot. I, mm. I um, you know, if I, if I get a cold, my, my throat's always sore. So if I have like a mild cold, there's no way I'll ever hit it. Like ever. Um, If I actually looked after my voice in the way that I meant to, then yeah, I could probably hit it more consistently. But there you go. Not a karaoke song. <laughs> Even if you take it down a semitone, it's still hard to hit. <laughs> Ooh. 
Um, I'm making it sound yeah. like that I can hit it. I cannot hit that note. That's not physically possible for He for pretended me. to hit that note. I did pretend to hit that note. <laughs> um, okay, so out of 10, Carnivore Cabernet Sauvignon. I'm going to give it an 8. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't know if it's that I like it the more I drink it, though. At this point in time, I give it an 8. Whether or not me at the start... I mean, we're a little bit the worse for wear here. Yeah, maybe me at the start of the podcast might have given it like a, a 7 or something. I don't know. I'd say 7.5. It's not the best wine I've had, but it's very good. Very, very drinkable. It's enjoyable. It's definitely... Do you know what? It's definitely worth like the, what, the tenor spent on it. Mm, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> 100%. And I'm um... very stingy when it comes to I mean, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to next week because I have a whole story about the drink we're drinking next week. Oh yes, I can't wait. Um, next week's gonna be fun. The saga. Um, yeah, we're we're not gonna give you any spoilers. Oh no no no. Next week will be fun. Oh, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I think I'm gonna do a lot of homework for next week. <laughs> Me too. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, good night. Stay safe. Uh, and we love you all. Follow us on Twitter at Inverus. I think it's just at Inverus, isn't it? <laughs> I should at know Inverus. this by now. <laughs> yes. uh, follow Callum. Uh, at Callum Blaine. And follow Claire. At Brave Bird. Underscore Bird. At Brave underscore Bird. Oh my God, you know my Twitter handle better than I know my Twitter handle. Oh dear. Oh dear. It's wine time. So yeah, um, everyone go do some vocal warm-ups and we will see we'll you. We'll see you next week. Next week. Woohoo! Woo! We've done well for like that's six that's six.